Shalom and grace be unto you. Welcome to Midnight Cry. I'm your host, Nicole Ward. I am grateful to be here tonight. It's an honor and a privilege to be here and to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you will hear me go back and forth between the name Jesus and Yahshua. You will hear me go back and forth between the name God and Yah Elohim. Just know they are the same people. Um, yeah, yeah, just know that. But uh, I don't want to confuse anybody. Amen. Amen. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about uh, one accord. One accord. What it means to be on one accord and how important it is to be on one accord. You know, um, I look at um, we, the believers today, and um, it saddens me. It saddens me. Some days it um, disturbs me other days. And uh, I just, my heart cries out for us because we have gotten so far away from um, the church that I believe that Jesus hung, bled, and died for. Uh, we have gotten away from it in a huge way. Um Let's look at what this oneness is. You know, oneness is togetherness. It's unity. It's um, in agreement. Let's think about creation for a few minutes. What if um, creation decided that they no longer wanted to follow the word of God and wanted to go about uh, doing their own thing? What if the moon wanted to come out during the day and the sun wanted to come out during the night um what if the the sun if the stars wanted to be in the clouds how would that throw off creation how chaotic would that be how chaotic would that be um but even creation obeys god Solely based off his word. Let's think about Jesus. Let's think about if he decided to go against God. Of course, he couldn't because he is the word. He's the word made flesh. He is also the word in manuscripts. But what if he decided that he wanted to go against um what God created him to do. Yeah, that wouldn't be possible because they're one, right? They're in unity. They're in agreement. Yeah. So I think about the book of Acts and how um, they were in the place together. And it says that they were on one accord. Some translation says they had all things in common. Um but the bottom line is, is that they were um, in unity. Well, how how could that be? Well, they, for one, Jesus gave them a word and said, don't leave Jerusalem, wait for the promise. So they obeyed the word given to them. And they went and they waited. But not only did they obey the word that, Jesus gave them, they obeyed a commandment from way back when 
uh, to keep the feast days. To keep the feast days. They were actually there in Jerusalem celebrating the Feast of Weeks. Now, in our Bibles, it calls it uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. But it's actually the Feast of Weeks. Okay? So, um, they were obeying the Word. They were obeying the Father. They were obeying the One. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what happened? What happened when they did that? The Holy Ghost fell. They were empowered. And the Feast of Weeks is a feast of worship. It's a feast of thanksgiving. It's a feast of praise to God. They were there praising Him. They were there worshiping Him. They were there giving Him thanksgiving. And, and, and imagine that their, that their Messiah, their Savior, just went back to heaven with God. But they were thanking Him and praising Him and worshiping Him based solely off of the word given to them. In the book of 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 13. It says, It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. That cloud, that cloud, a great rushing wind came in at the day of Pentecost. It says right here that the cloud, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Why? It says, and the singers were as one. The trumpeters and singers were as one. They were, un they were unified. Well, what does unity mean? What does oneness mean? It means having the same mind and the same heart. Hmm. Imagine that. The Bible talks countlessly about transforming of our minds, the circumcising of our hearts. The Bible tells us to let the mind that is in Christ Jesus also be in us. Why do you think that? The Bible tells us that because if our mind is transformed to the mind of Christ, then that would be placing us in unity with He and the Father. Meaning that we would obey, we would do what He says. We have gotten so far away from allowing Jesus, the head of the church, to be the head. What do you mean Shania? What I mean is. He is the word. And we have taken the word. And done with it. Whatever we have chosen. We have one group of people. That believes this way. 
profess in the name of Jesus. We have another group of people that believe this way, profess in the name of Jesus. And then we have several other groups of people that profess Jesus doing things their own way. But what would bring us into oneness? His word. His word will bring us in to oneness, will bring us into unity, will give us that in which we are lacking. That's what we're lacking. We're lacking obeying the word. And in being disobedient to the word, it has taken Jesus out of the headship of the church he hung, bled, and died for. Yeah, we all celebrated uh, his death, burial, and resurrection on yesterday. But we honor him with our mouths, but our hearts are far from him. Because if our hearts and our minds were transformed uh, to the mind of his, if our hearts were circumcised, we would be in unity with he and the Father. Based off his word, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word, and when we obey the word, we have, we have um, placed him as the head of the church. That's why we are in this chaotic state. That's why the world don't want no parts of us. Because you got one group of people saying this, and you got one group of people saying that. And the world is confused. They're like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to follow. I don't know. And, it's, and I don't blame them because we are not on one accord. We are not unified. We are not one with the Father and His Son in His Holy Spirit. Yet we profess them with our mouths. We profess them with our mouths. When I say them, I mean one. I know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. They can't be separated. You understand what I'm saying? But hear what is being said to us. Hear what is being said to us. In order to go and turn the hearts of the children back to the Father, we first have to have our hearts given to Him solely. We first have to have our minds given to Him solely. We first, first have to be walking in His Word. We have to be um, allowing the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he who sacrificed his life, who gave his life for the church to be the head of the church. We got to let the word rule the church. We have to allow the word to rule the church. We have to allow the word, Jesus, to rule the church we have become lawless we have become lawless and there's on there's one lawless one and that's satan am i calling us satan if we are anti-christ and being anti his word would make us anti-christ then I would dare to say that we are behaving like children of Satan. Mm -hmm. So darkness is, is consuming the earth because the word 
which is the life, which is the light, is not being honored. It's not being honored. We have taken him out of his position. We have taken him out of his position. We need to put Jesus back on the throne. We need to make God sovereign again. And that's the truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. Says um, that he loves unity. Unity starts, begins, and ends with Jesus. With Jesus. There, we can't even, we can't even approach the throne room without the blood of Jesus. We can't even approach the Holy of Holies without the headship of Jesus. It's his body that we go through. But if we have taken his body and misused it, not honored it, not, not appreciated, I mean wholeheartedly appreciated what he has done for us. But God is so merciful that he still hasn't given us what we deserve. How long will we trample over his mercy? How long will we trample over his truth? Psalm 86 and 10 says this. Mercy and truth are meet together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth. In righteousness shall look down from heaven. Marie 11 again, 85-11. Truth shall spring out of the earth. In righteousness, Jesus, shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. But it doesn't come without mercy and truth. They go together. See the unity in that? Mercy and truth go together. Righteousness and peace. Has kissed. Truth. The only way to get truth. The only way to come to truth. The only thing that is truth is God's word. Truth shall spring out of the earth. In righteousness Jesus shall look down from heaven. Yea the Lord shall give that which is good. And our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. We got to get back to the word. 
John says it like this. John says it like this. Go read it, John 1 1. John 1 1. My pastor talked about this today. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We gotta put the Word back in his rightful place as headship over his church. He hung, he bled, he died willingly for his church. We are crucifying him afresh. We are mocking the very salvation that he brought for us. We say it's a free gift. It cost a man his life. We need to take that it's a free gift out of our vocabulary. Because because we think, look at Jesus as a free gift, we don't value him the way that he should be valued. We don't honor him the way that he should be honored. Because anything free is of no value to man. But it cost Jesus his life. It cost Jesus his life. They scourged him for us, his church. They tore skin off of his body for we, his church. They hung him on a cross for we, his church. They mocked him. They spit on him. They pulled his beard out. They humiliated him on that cross. He was naked, bleeding. They put a thorn, a crown of thorns on his head. They taunted him. And he opened not his mouth. There's nothing free about that. There's nothing free about that. Would it be free if you gave up your life? We got to put the king back in his rightful place of his church. We have to get back to the totality of his word. Jesus didn't break himself up. He is the word and that is it. It didn't say he was the word and then he stopped being the word. It didn't say he was the word and, and it is split up. No, the word in its fullness. The word in its fullness is going to bring Jesus' church into oneness with he and the Father. And that, my brothers and sisters, 
is where we're at. That, my brothers and sisters, are where we're at. Check this out. They were obeying what Jesus told them. They were obeying the ordinance of God. And the Pharisees were there. You know, they rejected Jesus. But they were there and they witnessed the promise that came to those who believed in Jesus. They watched the promise of those that believed in Jesus. We got to put Jesus back in his rightful place over his church. His word. He is the word. Made flesh. And he is the word in manuscript. That is who governs his church. He is who governs his church. Jesus the word is who governs his church. We got to put him back as Lord, as King over his church. I love y'all. I hope this was clear. I hope this was as clear as it was when God gave it to me. I love y'all. I love y'all. Be blessed.